unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach. And today we're going to learn about some of the greatest things about being a copywriter. David Garfinkel, David, welcome. And uh, I'm glad to be here with you today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here with you today. And I'm so looking forward to 2021. (laughs) You and the rest of the world both. Yeah, but since we're getting end, since we're getting near the end of the year from hell, I wanted to have a feel-good show to cheer everyone up and prepare us for the next year. It's a long answer to this question. What are the greatest things about being a copywriter? I think sometimes we get so caught up in the what's and the how's and the why's of copywriting, and certainly we do on this podcast, that we don't take enough time to appreciate all the unique aspects of being a copywriter, things that can make it so much fun, so rewarding. And listen, I'm not going to skip over the money part. That's important. But there's so much more to it than that. So what I'd like to do today is talk about the things you can appreciate if they're already true for you, and you can look forward to if you haven't enjoyed them yet. Meanwhile, here's something you can enjoy right now. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast, and most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, You may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So Nathan, I put this podcast together a little while before Thanksgiving. So I was in a grateful frame of mind. I realize a lot of us in this line of work get used to it after a while and we start to take some of the unique aspects of copywriting for granted. And I thought, why not celebrate the good stuff? If nothing else, Reflecting on those things will help you through the tedious and difficult times. Plus, if you're just starting, I do want to assure you there's light at the end of the tunnel. And most of the time, it's not from the headlight of a train coming right at you. Um, So what we're going to do today, what we're going to talk about breaks down into three categories. The work, the perks, and the jerks. Okay? (laughs) Ready? Yeah. All right. So. The first thing is under the category, the work. And one of the, one of the greatest things about being a copywriter is sometimes you get to be a hero. You can bring a dying business back to life. You can save jobs. You can save a founder's dream. You can keep customers supplied. And other than, you know, an actual saving of a real, real saving of a life or saving the world, I mean, what's more heroic than bringing a dying business back to life? Okay, so lots of caveats, footnotes, comments. Don't go into copywriting for this reason. Your main job is not to be a hero. Your main job is to create sales, okay? Um, Two, nevertheless, opportunities will come to you. Not right away, usually, however. You've got to pay some dues, develop your copywriting chops, rack up some wins and results, make a name for yourself before you get these opportunities. In my experience. Now, I've done this myself. 
I've saved, I've brought, I've taken dying businesses and resuscitated them and got them thriving, including, and these are often otherwise solid businesses that had a marketing disorder and they were going down for the count and they weren't going to last. And I brought them back to life. Here's why you get this opportunity when you get it. There are many creative people out there, many very smart people, many well-intentioned people that provide great value in a business, but they have no idea of how to promote the business and keep getting enough customers to stay afloat. What do you think about this, Nathan? I hate going into any business venture for altruistic reasons. Um, it's my Ayn Rand cultism there. But mm-hmm. actually, when when you do that, it's to me emotionally and personally, it's one of the most fulfilling parts of this when you take a struggling business and you turn it around for them, or when you take a business that you know you believe and you know that they believe in what it is and, and you're able to actually get that out to the people that need it. I know we're not supposed to, capitalism is supposed to be all about being greedy and making money, but <laughs> being able to connect somebody who has a good solid offer with the people that it actually improves the lives of, uh, I don't know, man, it kind of, it's, it gives a sense of fulfillment to what we do. And that's one of the things I love the best about it. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things about this is once you get to a certain point and someone wants to bring you in and they're struggling, you can charge them a pretty penny. So you can be greedy and make money. and you can more than deliver on their investment, you know, you can do both, but it does feel good. I think we both agree on that. Mm-hmm. Even if it violates our severe libertarian principles. <laughs> okay. Another thing about the work, the work is hard, but you can make a good living without working full time, without working 40 hours a week. Now, some good copywriters. I know one personally is multimillionaire, written a lot of books. He works more than 40 hours a week. But I know quite a few successful ones who only work about three hours a day. And when I say you don't have to work full time, I don't mean in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, it can be way more than full time because remember, you're working, you're under a lot of pressure and you're learning something new and you're having to unlearn a lot of stuff you might have learned at school, family, church, temple, ad agency, business, government, college, business school, and many other things. So, you're going through quite a lot in the beginning. And in order to work a few hours, you need to have skills and experience, but you can get there. You can get there. And there's no set period of time I know that it takes to get to this point. Some people do it fast. Some people do it slow. I think it might've taken me eight or 10 years. Your mileage may vary. The best way I know of to do this though, is not working for clients. It's to create your own product or products and put the marketing on autopilot. Um, and depending on the kind of clients you have, you can also make a really good living. Like I was saying, working much less than 40 hours a week. Let's say you, I know that there are some businesses out there. They pay their copywriters very, very well, but they also expect a lot out of their copywriters. So if you're going to go work for a business like that, do not expect to get away with (laughs) three hour work days. But, uh, personally I write for a couple of clients and then I write for my own products and I've done basically what you said. I've created products. I've created the marketing around them and some of them 15 minutes a day 
is all it takes to get money each day out of them. So it comes uh, depending on your path, but I would say once you're, once you're confident in your skills and once you're able to actually get results on a consistent basis, give some heavy consideration to marketing and selling your own products, because I think that's the only way to really get to the point where you can work less than a 40 hour work week and be very successful at this. Okay. That sounds good. So let's go to the third, third thing in the work in section one, the work, remember there's the work, there's the perks, and then there's the jerks. So this is three of the work. The money is good, especially for a writer. After a while, it can be extremely good. So, you know, once you become a copywriter, you know, you hear about this, where I made a million dollar royalties last month and this kind of stuff. If you look at most, if you look at most of the people at a, a well-known, but shall not be named organization that, um, brings together a lot of copywriters to, um, worship at the feet of other copywriters. Most of the people in that audience, they're not copywriters and they're not making anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you look at most of the subscribers to writers digest, who just want to make a living writing, they're not making anything. And if you look at most journalists, the business I came from, it's getting tougher and tougher to scratch out a living. I mean, I'm assuming you're not working for one of the big TV networks from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, anybody else. And I don't know how well they're doing, but I imagine they're doing pretty well, frankly. But, but again, with copywriters, oh, there are a lot of people who can make some pretty good money. Uh, one of my mentoring clients received a high five-figure royalty for a project he'd already completed. That was a quarterly royalty. He'll receive a few more. I know a lot of copywriters who are multimillionaires. And I want to say something that for more experienced copywriters will ring true for newer people or people just thinking about becoming copywriters might sound a little black box-ish or mysterious, but it's not just the copy. Over time, through experiences and through a lot of learning, as a copywriter, you learn a kind of strategic thinking that is especially effective as an entrepreneur and to help other entrepreneurs. The bottom line is this, smart people who have money will pay you good money for copy that converts. And your goal should always be to get better and better at writing copy that converts. This gives you the options to make a lot of money as well as to do a lot of the other things that are important to you. One thing that copywriters undervalue themselves as, and I think that this has come up in the show before, is a lot of times we get hired because we can write copy and we don't realize that, or maybe we do it and we realize it, but we don't make it part of our, I guess, branding is the fact that as a good copywriter, we tend to also take on the role of a good marketing consultant. We tend to take on the role of a business consultant a lot of the time. And I know a lot of my clients, they hire me to write copy, but all of those other things kind of come along with the package. So not just viewing yourself as a copywriter, but also viewing yourself as the other skills that becoming a copywriter kind of develops inside of you, making sure that you're aware of those and making sure that that's part of the package that you're selling as well. 
Yeah, and th- and that'll help you charge better rates and feel confident that you're honestly delivering the value that you're charging. Okay, four, charging four. So now let's move on to the perks. And now we're into number four on our list, the travel. Travel. I wish I'd started writing copy earlier in my life. I had to pass up on a lot of travel opportunities in the last few years because of a certain health problem. But for many years, I got all kinds of cool travel as part of my work, especially speaking and attending events, but also, yeah, attending events, right? Speaking, teaching, attending events. I've been invited to speak around the world. A lot of my copywriter friends have done so. I got a few nice trips to Florida in the winter when, believe it or not, it gets chilly in San Francisco. Not Chicago chilly. I've lived there too. And it was so cold once that my breath froze on my beard. And when I touched it, part of the beard broke off. It doesn't get that cold here. People in highly paid professions besides copywriting sometimes invite copywriters to speak at their meetings, which are held often in exotic locations. And of course, writing copy is not the only way you can get your work to pay for luxurious travel. But writing copy and speaking about it are the best ones that I know of. So I have not been flown out to talk about copy yet. So I don't have any, I don't have anything to add to this. Okay. Listeners, check it out. Nathan's available. Um, that'd be Nathan Fraser at Facebook. I don't know. You, you can find him. You can find him <laughs> if you want him. Okay. Um, the, in the line of perks, cool stuff. And I'm not talking about swag. I'm not talking about things people send you, although that could be included in this. What I'm talking about is you learn about a lot of cool stuff you wouldn't hear about any other way. Because a lot of people in direct marketing, including some of the ones who hire you, and listen closely to this part, have no interest in mainstream media or wide-scale celebrity for themselves. So you wouldn't even hear about them unless you were already on their list or unless they seek you out as a copywriter. And learning about really weird, interesting, new, cool stuff may not appeal to everyone, but it certainly appeals to me. I've met inventors, renegade thinkers, rebel educators, authors, niche publishers, and many more interesting people because of my work. You know, before I was a copywriter, I came from the media. I was previously a business reporter for a large corporate magazine publisher. And I learned over time that the people in the media, the writers, the newscasters, the talking heads, the pundits, they speak with overwhelmingly convincing confidence. They often have a very narrow agenda and they only know a small portion of what's really going on. I found also that clients will share a lot more information with a copywriter than they will with a reporter. Now think about what that means. If they're not sharing the full spectrum of information with the reporter, it's not going to get reported to you. One reason you can never, one reason that you might not want to share a lot of extensive amount of information with the media is you're never quite sure where they're going to go with what you tell them. But a copywriter is usually on the business owner's side when um, that business owner is a client. So there's a lot more trust and a lot more motivation to be open. Another point on cool stuff is a lot of people who found your clients found their way into direct marketing because their niche is very specific and they couldn't find a cost-effective 
way to reach people through traditional media. So they find ways of building their own lists, and a lot of them are really interesting people. Uh, you learned about any cool stuff as a copywriter? Yeah, so my two niches that I really dominate in are personal coaches for different areas and um, info products. And one of the amazing things about being a copywriter for these two niches is that I get access to the info products and I get access to the, a lot of times the coaches will bring me on, on their coaching calls. They'll bring me into their masterminds. And so I get to learn all kinds of stuff about industries, about personal development, about business development that normally would end up costing me tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And instead I'm getting paid to learn this stuff. So just for that alone, I, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've often told you, even just doing this podcast has been such a wealth of knowledge for me. And instead of having to pay you to mentor me, you pay me to help you with the podcast. There's so many areas in copywriting where if you're writing for a niche that you're passionate about, and sometimes even if it's something that I'm not passionate about, uh, I recently wrote for a real estate info product. And I learned so much about in, uh, about real estate investing that normally people would pay forty, fifty thousand dollars to get this information, and instead I got paid uh, an equivalent of that amount to learn it. So it's not just the money; it's all the the cool people you meet, all the cool information and stuff that other people would give an arm and a leg for, and instead you're getting it all totally for free. So uh, it's. I, it's another one of those hidden benefits that I guess we don't really ever talk about, but man, it's so beneficial. Well, we're talking about it right now. Let's talk about another one. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this on Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world, pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in LA's famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. Number six, you learn about health solutions before they go mainstream. Now, even though I've had some serious health issues a few years ago, in many ways, I'm healthier today than I've ever been. I've changed my diet and I'm using supplements I'm convinced I never would have heard about. Not exactly mainstream supplements, very niche specialized supplements I never would have heard about except from clients and pals in the business. Now, let's get clear about one thing. There's plenty of stuff out there that's bogus, even dangerous, including prescription drugs approved by the FDA in the United States. Have you ever listened to that bone-crushing list of side effects on TV commercials? Side effects may include death, possession by the devil, and loss of your left foot. So you have to be careful. You have to learn to evaluate things critically and see for yourself what actually works for you. I'm not saying that copywriting 
automatically leads you into health wonderland. I really want to be real clear about that. What I am saying is you can learn about all kinds of promising alternatives. Then it's up to you to use common sense and reasoned judgment. So there's one particular copywriter who's actually been a guest on the show mm-hmm. who's very well known for writing in the health niche. And everyone I know that knows him will go to him before they go to their physician or their doctor. And so uh, you mean Paris, I didn't want to say his name, but yeah, that's what I was talking. Yeah, about. I will too. He's, he's in my secret. Oh, I can't even talk about the secret group. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy. David almost let out the copywriting Illuminati on the air. That's like Fight Club. Their first rule is, you know, there is none. doesn't exist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the third category. I've only got one thing to say about that, and that's the jerks. And I'm going to be brutally honest here. At first, you take what you can get in terms of clients when you start out. And the chances are you'll get hired by a few jerks. Often, the most annoying clients are at the bottom of the food chain. Eventually, though, I mean, you know, it's like initiation, right? Hazing. If you stick with it, you don't have to deal with jerks anymore. And compare that to any other job, whether high pay, low pay, or no pay. I mean, imagine you were a lawyer. You think lawyers don't have to deal with jerks just because they're, you know, a white shoe lawyer that's charging a thousand? Okay. So, and end of that part. But I will say that once you get through that part, I have met some of the most fascinating people of my life through copywriting. And this was after I put up with my share of jerks. Okay. But the fascinating ones are the ones I want to talk about. I mean, there's this one guy, he's really the only skilled cartoonist I know, only person I met who has teenage mutant ninja turtle tattoos, and only former cake decoration professional I have a personal connection with, as well as a damn good fellow podcaster and copywriter. And of course, I'm talking about Nathan. Um, I met other people. I met one of the world's preeminent teachers of hypnosis, a guy that medical doctors and psychologists go to to attend his seminars. One of the nicest people I've ever met to. Never would have met him without copywriting. One of my clients is in the nutrition supplement business. He makes one of the most delicious shake powders I've ever tasted. I met a guy who works with special ops guys, including snipers. Um, nice guy. Um, <laughs> scary. Well, at least he has been to me. Another guy goes by the name of Hitman at work. This is a colleague, not really a client. Um, and he's not called Hitman because of his management style, but it's because of what he looks like in a trench coat and shades. And turns out he's actually played thugs in three movies. But he's a nice guy in person. I think the difference between copywriting and any other high-paid career is that once you're a successful copywriter, you can easily write off the jerks. If you get a client and you start feeling like, oh, I don't like this guy, it's really easy just to be like, I'm not going to work with you. Sorry, buddy. In a lot of other jobs, you got the golden handcuffs. In copywriting, if you're, if you're good at what you do and you have enough people lined up in your pipeline, it's really easy just to tell somebody to get bent and uh, move on to the next project that you actually enjoy working with the people. Yeah, that's really well put. And and that's true. I never quite put it together that way. I guess I was thinking in that direction when I talked about the law firms. But, but yeah, for the most part, 
it's almost like it would damage the reputation of a lot of other high paid professions. They turn people down, but with copywriters, it actually makes you cooler, right? <laughs> yeah. So a long list of stuff, all not very often talked about perks of being a copywriter, but yeah, I think these are some of the greatest things about being a copywriter. Cool. So uh, you want to want a quick review? Yeah. Okay. One, you get to be a hero. Two, the work is hard, but you can make a good living without working full time. Three, the money is good, especially for a writer. And after a while, it can be extremely good. Four, travel. Five, cool stuff you learn. Six, you learn about health solutions before they go mainstream. And seven, at first, you take what you can get, and the chances are pretty good you'll run into a few jerks. Eventually, though, you may completely blow off jerks, and you'll meet some of the most fascinating people in the world. Absolutely. So if somebody out there is listening to this and they're like, hey, I really want to learn more about this copywriting stuff. <laughs> Where's the best place to check out more episodes of the podcast? Yeah. Well, you can go to copywriterspodcast.com. Or if you want to see our beautiful faces, or your mileage may vary, you might think they're otherwise. If you want to see the, uh, the YouTube version, that would be just go on YouTube and uh, search for Copywriters Podcast. Or awesome. my name. Yeah, David Garfinkel. Awesome, David. Thanks again. This has been a fantastic episode. I really enjoyed it. And I will catch you next time. Catch you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app so we can get into ears of more listeners. Thank you. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.